Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. There is a fire passing steam. Walk by the Spirit. Reading from the NIV. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Let me read that again. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Let's pray, guys. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jehovah, that we celebrated the cross last week. We thank you, Jehovah, that according to your word, you came back eight days later to encourage doubting Thomas. Jehovah, encourage us by your word today. Help us, because we cannot fight off the enemy by ourselves. You defeated him on the cross, gave us the power to and so help us to continue fighting him, even in not just hearing your word, but in doing what your word says we should do after the service. We thank you, we bless you, Jesus, let me all shout, Amen. Amen. This Freedom Month, we've been having stories every week. I like doing fun stories, encouraging stories, just to begin of the messages. We've been doing freedom stories, funny stories, serious stories. We began by talking about the story of how a man locked himself in a box and was able to, sell it to um, be delivered or run away from slavery in the 1800s. Today, uh, we want to go to Japan and in Shibukawa Zoological Park, there's reported that a giant daughter has made a name for herself there in August of 2017. When two officials found she's gone, she's gone missing and had asked locals to keep an eye out for any hardship, 120 pound escape artist strolling around where they should be. Basically, the man comes to the They wanted to be free. This 35 year old troublemaker had been allowed to roam freely around the zoo which turned out to be a short-sighted underestimation of her ability to pull off a stealthy getaway. This was Abu, the name of the total, his second escape in the span of a month. It took them a whole time, a whole long time to find Abu. The jig was up when she was discovered two weeks later, and it seems she didn't make much of her time on the land. She wasn't chilling, but instead just hiding in some shrubbery about 500 feet from the zoo. As they say, life isn't about destination for some, so much as the really, really slow journey to freedom. I'm sharing these stories because I believe in the hand of hearts. Each one of us has something that we want to be free from. Some of us is our past. You have a difficult past. Machine door, hey, boss. How will I be free from these feelings, these difficulties? That I have in the past. Some of us is financial constraints. Some of us, it is the future. Hey, Tuesday is school of work. The parents in the house, you know what I'm talking about, eh? Parents in the house, yeah? Mmm. Shall be your simple head teacher and a police, hey, pastor. Mmm. And my cousin, yeah, I'm a pastor. We have a story in the do you have anything that you seek freedom for? And if your pastor years old, I'm sure there is. What is it? Do you know it? Do you know what freedom is all about? 
That's what we've been talking about this one month. And today, by the grace of God, we finish. And may he be praised. Freedom has been defined by the dictionary as the power right to act, speak, or think as you want. As you want. That's true. It's the absence of subjection to foreign domination or despotic government. It is a state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. That is freedom. So this month we've been looking at the Holy Week. Jesus' week to the cross. From the Palm Sunday, when he enters Jerusalem on a donkey, powerful, to his death on the cross and the resurrection. Because when Jesus came to the world, they assumed, like for example, for those that love football, Manchester United just got a new manager, and we assume he will save us. Hallelujah. Yeah. Footballers know what I'm talking about, the rest, I'm sorry, it's just an example. So you don't. I want you to come back next week, amen? They saw Christ doing miracles, powerful stuff, and they thought, Aya, this is the guy. The Romans cannot do miracles. They saw him healing, and they assumed wrongly that this guy came to free them physically. Well, in fact, we know why Jesus came. This month, we've remembered the Lord. And it is my hope that despite the despite the time off that we got, and we have another one this coming weekend, hallelujah. Mm. Despite all of that, that you connected with the Lord somehow, that you told him thank you, Jesus, for the cross. That you looked at him and said, Jehovah, may you be glorified forever. But it took some time just to celebrate Jesus. That is why God saved us. I believe that in this holy week, this one week from Palm Sunday to the cross, lies a lot of wisdom, especially on this topic of freedom. And if you seek to understand freedom, I urge you not just to listen to what you're talking about, but to go beyond that and study what happened to Christ, why he came, why he died, why he instituted the church, why, why Christ had to do what he had to do. Because in that lies our freedom. Let me, let me talk us through what happened in the Holy Week. On the Sunday, Jesus was on the donkey getting into Jerusalem. We call it Palm Sunday because the red palms on the ground when he walked through with the donkey. They call him Hosanna, but by the end of that week, they were crucified. So it didn't matter. On the Monday after the Sunday, the Palm Sunday, we are told in scripture, and this is the gospels, by the way, it's all there. Pastor, you see what it's in the scriptures. On the Monday, he goes to the temple. Tells them, This is my house, the house of prayer. Not a den of thieves. I'm talking with you, I'm talking with you. On the way to the temple, he cast the fig tree. Jesus was hungry. And so when he found that the fig tree was not fruitful, he cast it. Yeah, he was rough. Jesus was rough. On Tuesday, after the Jesus arrived from the temple on Monday, he went to the Mount of Olives. And there gave what has been called the Olive discourse, where he talks about the end of times. 
And in case you're thinking that you go, go. Like you go still after your tender hand because we are living in the last of days. They began when Jesus came on earth. That is what we know in the book of Hebrews. And he told them how he would come again to judge the living among the dead. On Wednesday, we are told nothing. It's quiet, it's dead. There's nothing about what Jesus did or what happened on Wednesday. On Thursday, he directs the disciples to go and prepare the upper room. Because it was a Passover. They celebrated it every year. And so he tells them in the Passover, guys, I'm instituting something here that you must consistently remember. I'm going to die on the cross. These elements mean my life. What I must do for the new life that you must have. And so please do this if you believe until I come. On Friday we know he is crucified on the cross at 9 a.m. in the morning. By 3 p.m. he is dead and they move him because they could not be left up there because Sabbath is going to meet him. So he dies on the cross, gruesome death. We talked about this last week. He is in agony for six hours on the cross just to purchase this new life that we enjoy. On Saturday, he's laid dead in the tomb. Yes, Jesus lay dead. He was dead. The God of heaven in human form was dead on the cross, on, in the tomb. And then on Sunday, he rises again to remind us that we can overcome. Can I hear an amen? I said, and I've been saying this whole month, that there's nothing that Jesus did that is of no importance to us. And so the reason we're looking at the Holy Week is because, like I've said, I believe there's a lot of wisdom as concerns this issue of freedom. We've looked at all the days apart from day four, which is the Wednesday. It has been called the Spy Wednesday, the Good Wednesday. But I like the name that is the Silent Wednesday. Because we know nothing of the day. There's theories um, of guys trying to understand what happened in the day. The first one is that Jesus was tired. Blessed is one comes the name of the Lord. There was a bash after that. I don't know. I have no idea. Then after that, he goes and beats people from the temple. Then he casts a victim. Then he goes to the temple. Then the Mount of Olives. God is tired. So maybe the theory is right. I don't know. They say sometimes maybe that he was resting in the house of his friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. These were his buddies. The second theory is that maybe he was in the house of Simon the Pharisee, where his feet were anointed by the prostitute, who came and not just anointed his feet, but put um, cologne, perfume on him. Another one is that this is the day that Judas spoke to the council of elders, the religious leaders, and betrayed Jesus. They say it's Tuesday or Wednesday, but these are just theories. I have a theory as well. And before you think, so we hear the prophet in Jesus' name. Ah, it's just a theory. Graduation. We are past. Yes. Uh-huh. I just have a theory. It's not something the Holy Spirit, Spirit revealed to me. I never got a revelation of the happenings. I just assume out of the life of Christ. 
And so, walk with me. Just, you know. Jesus was a deeply devotional man. See you know He was a man who was strong in the things of God. At age 12, he gets lost. And you know, get this a couple of Sundays ago. But when the parents are looking for him, they found him in the temple. And talking about the word of God, teaching and asking questions. Age 12. And I always say at this juncture, in the 12, we want to find him. Hallelujah. Mm. At age 30, he goes and gets baptized. He was spiritual proper. And then after that, he goes straight to the wilderness for 40 days of prayer and fasting. One have 40 days prayer and fasting. Mm. Jesus did it. He spent a lot of time in solitude and prayer. And we read that in the Gospels from Matthew all the way to John. He prayed in the morning before healing, after healing. The night before he chose the disciples, the Bible says in the book of Mark, he spent the whole night praying. I was asked, I told my daughter the other day, you know, Jesus spent the whole uh, my, my, my son. Jesus spent the whole night praying. And prayed. It's not easy praying. Have you ever prayed the whole night? Jesus did. This guy was spiritual one. Before feeding the 9,000, the 5,000, and the 4,000 in different locations, he prayed. And even after, we are told he disappeared to a place by himself and continued to pray. He taught his disciples how to pray. He prayed on the cross. Remember? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they, are, what they are doing. He prayed after the cross when he came to meet his disciples. When he broke the bread together with them. When he found them disbelieving, he was still praying. The Bible tells us that even as we speak, he is in heaven. Interceding for us day and night. Jesus was overly spiritual. Very disciplined. He always visited the temple. Despite knowing that these guys were teaching falsely, he always was in the temple. At some point, the Bible tells us, he even tells them that the one in Isaiah is actually me who has come to proclaim the good news. Back at the almost giving, Jesus was spiritual. He fellowshiped, broke bread. With everyone, anyone, everyone that would allow him to get to the house, including the tax collectors. Since it's Kita Luna Kajamana, we are a kangam lady. Pastor. Pastor, where are you yesterday? Jesus was disciplined. He was a deeply devotional man in the spiritual way of life. And it is my thinking that on this Sunday Wednesday, he must, he must have spent some good quality time in the spiritual things of God. He must have. If he could spend the whole night praying for his disciples, how long do you think he prayed for the cross? The agony that was facing him just a couple of days after. The silent Wednesday reminds us of living the spiritual life. Because the silence of it, I think, directs us to the place of discipline, following the life of Christ. The more disciplined we are in the spiritual, the better we are before the Lord. I believe the strength of Jesus Christ, as much as it was God, 
What strengthened him, the man Jesus, was his spiritual life. So ask yourself the question today in God's house. Are you following on the disciplines of the Spirit? Because it is for these same reasons that Jesus was able to defeat the devil three times in the wilderness. In the place of prayer and fasting. The devil came asking him, do this, do this, do this. And every time he was like, ah, it is written. It is written. Some of our problems in life is because we do not even know what is written. The devil comes this way. No, no, maybe. this Then the devil is like, okay, let me just go find you a more because he's he's there as well. The more disciplined we are in the spiritual, the better we are as men and before the Lord. In case you're wondering what these disciplines are, quickly let me share them because of time. Bible study is one. Not just reading, but Bible study, reading the word of God. And I said that unless one of the things that will always remind us is to read God's words, study it, meditate upon it. These are the very words of Christ to us. Bible study gets us to the mind of God, helps us by transforming our minds to His will. So if you want a transformed mind, read God's word more and study it with you. Because it is only in study that application now will happen. You don't apply what you don't know. Prayer is another one. I don't even need to explain what prayer is. If you're not praying, there's a problem. There are things that can filter your prayer. That one, that's a whole series. Pray, pray, talk to God. Get to the place of going on your knees and say, Jehovah, I need your help. Nimechoka. I am tired. Meditation is another one. Number three. What is that? Reading, listening, reflection upon God's law. That leads to action. What you meditate on the most, I kid you not, is what you do. When I see what you do in life, it tells me, what is that thing you meditate on? What's in your mind? At a side. Another one, fasting. That we talk about here a lot in church. Strengthening the man, the inner man, the spirit man. Fasting is simply telling the flesh, ah, I'm a spirit being and you're going to obey. I'm sensing this danger in my life, in the life of my children, my wife, my spouse, my whatever. I need to go to the spirit to fight. When the Bible says, teach my hands to fight, it's not necessarily that nupeleko korin, God is giving you the wisdom to know how to fight the enemy. One of the best places, fasting. Another one, solitude, which is being alone with the absence of distractions like people, computers, goodwork, television, cell phones, radio, etc. When was the last time you just took some alone time to just meditate on God, to talk to Him, to be quiet in His presence? Those are the things that strengthen us as human beings. Solitude. Simplicity, which is not allowing our life to be chained to too many things, whether status, possessions, activities, or responsibilities. Are you living a simple life? Submission is another one, which is having the willingness to voluntarily submit to Christ and others in authority. That's a spiritual discipline God demands of us, as to those who believe in Him. Service, 
Are you one who serves gladly? Confession. Are you one who goes before the Lord consistently to say, Jehovah, look upon me as sinner and forgive me? Are you one who worships the Lord? Even outside of Sunday, through your actions, through everything that you do, we must worship you in spirit and in truth. Are you one who has guidance, which is the glorious life of hearing God's voice and obeying his word? That's the discipline. Do you obey when God tells you? No. Don't do that. Leave that friend alone. Don't invest there. Buy this instead. Go talk to so and so. When the Spirit leads you, do you obey? Guidance. Then final celebration, which is simply the joyful spirit of festivity. This only ask you to clap your hands together. Celebrate. It is a discipline of the Spirit of God. So let me ask you again, are you disciplined spiritually? Because if you want to be like Jesus, if you want to overcome, if you want to have strength, power, if you want to say we are the children of God, we believe, if you want to overcome the things of this life, like Jesus did, then we must be disciplined like he was. In order to be as powerful as Jesus was or not, we must be spiritually disciplined as he was. He excelled in every discipline and calls us to them as well. Jesus excelled in Bible study. He knew the word of God. He knew it well. Well. He prayed consistently like I've said. He meditated on God's word. It's time, his times of solitude was that. He separated himself consistently away from God and went and prayed and talked to God consistently. He was simple. Remember the, the, was it the, rich, the rich young man or uh, someone wanted to follow him and he, he told the, the pastor, hey, boss, I don't even have a place to lay my head. Jesus lived a simple life. Do you live one as well? Jesus submitted even to authority. When they tried to trap him with the denarius, what did he say? Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And to God what belongs to God. So he submitted. He served his disciples consistently, even to the very end, by dying on the cross. He confessed. Remember in John 17, when he said, I have kept all that you gave me, Jehovah, except for one, according to your will, yes. But he was saying, Judas, the one who died and killed himself. He worshipped the Lord with his actions throughout. Jesus worshipped. His actions were worshipped. His way of life was worshipped. Can we say the same of you and I? How we are leading our lives? Is it worship? I don't understand. Jesus was he was a man who led his life gloriously through the guidance and discipleship. And discipline. He was a man who gloriously uh, had God's voice and obeyed his word. Consistently he listened to God. There is nowhere you can say, ah, Jesus, Abba, we are not here. And if you can find it, please let me know. Jesus obeyed God even by death to the cross. At the garden of the remember, he said, Jehovah, this is 
mgombe ya death of the cross aina mazi hapas but let your will be done is that something that can be said of you every decision you make and then finally jesus celebrated he had a joyful spirit of festivity no one like he could go and hang around with his disciples in their house he would visit with friends he spent time with Mary Martha and Lazarus they had festivities joyfully guys can that be said of us even today have you got your life and say enyewe i'm spiritually disciplined are you disciplined in the things of the spirit because i've been sensing the lord nikana who's a pastor squeeze your womb in holy kona a lot guys daniel prayed three times a day 
David prayed according to Psalms 19 seven times in a day. Papa was wondering seven times. <laughs> Job, Moses, Nehemiah, they prayed. Job, the Bible says, they prayed for his children. Have you ever heard of that? No, Job had money. Praise the Lord. To see here, just life in the afternoon. So after they bashed, every time Job was before the Lord saying, Father, forgive me. If they have messed up in any way, I come before you. Have mercy on my children's lives. He prayed consistently. Moses, we don't even need to look at the life of Moses. He even saw the face of God. Nehemiah prayed even to respond to his boss, the king. Nehemiah. Paul prayed consistently in pagan lands. So my question to us about this guy's life is this. We have read, we've had Sunday school, to mature, we've seen some of their movies. Was their discipline of these things of the spirit from a place of legalism or was it from a place of love and faith? Obviously from a place of love and faith. Moses loved the Lord. Abraham loved Jehovah. Had faith in him to the point that the faith he had was considered righteousness. Imagine that. The more we are genuinely spiritually disciplined, the more we will not, we not struggle with the desires of our sinful nature. The reason God desires that your spiritual discipline is so that you can fight the flesh. Fight the flesh. Mimi yangu najua number one, sky, ice cream, chocolate, kiana. You are in the strength of God. Do you know your sinful nature? What overwhelms your, your flesh? Do you know? Galatians 5 powerfully explains our sinful natures at the very end of this book that we'll be looking at. Let me read for us verse 19 26. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, your flesh, the results are clear. Number one, I'm from the NLT, translation. Sexual immorality, come on. Impurity, lastful pleasures, but why is it? Come on, sis. Idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, verse 21, drunkenness. Wild parties and other sins like these. Let me tell you again the problem with this sinful nature. He continues to say, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 26, let me add. Let us not become conceited, excessively proud of him, or provoke one another, or be jealous of one another. That's our sinful nature. And I pray by the mercy of God with your Lord. It's true. Can you see your selfish nature? Can you see your sin? When you genuinely have faith in and love the Lord and are spiritually disciplined, there is benefit. All this conversation, what are you trying to tell us? There is benefits in being spiritually disciplined in the Lord. 
when you kill the flesh, when you take up your cross as said last week and follow the Lord, when you deny yourself, there's benefits. When you strengthen the inner man by fasting, there's benefits. When you turn the other cheek, there's benefits. Galatians 5, 22, 23, we know. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness. Self-control. I was talking to a congregant last week, that I asked her the question, do you think that you um, that your parents taught you financial discipline? Nah. Yeah, not really. No, no. So what did your mom teach you as a young person? My mom taught me how to save money and not to get into debt. So right now as a grown-up, um, are you in debt? No. Because if you save money, because I have enough in the bank. Because that's the secret. The more you're spiritually disciplined, the less you probably even see the benefit. Not the Bible tells us, train up a child in the way you should go. When they are old, they'll not depart from it. The more you fast and put your flesh under control. I kid you not, and I, I, I think you won't even see the self-control that comes from that. It will be very difficult, simply because you have trained yourself. It is what some people call, I find it easy nowadays to just forgive. It's maybe because you've really dwelled on spiritual discipline. You've disciplined yourself. The person who has disciplined themselves intensely, Find it, find, find it just a bit more easy to be in the spaces that you're probably struggling. The place of discipline is hard, guys. Ask any athlete. Ask any footballer. Training is difficult. When you come to play, you see them doing it so easily simply because they train well. God is calling us to train our spirits well in order that we might excel in things that we never see. When I come out, the man does not even struggle now. Anger. I've never seen them. But it's because in the place of discipline, I also. What is the Lord asking you to discipline yourself in today? Even as we finish. Our freedom from the noise and pollution of this world is found in the spiritual discipline. The more we are disciplined, the more the world is quieted down. The more we are not disciplined, the more everything is noise and pollution. And the more it overwhelms us. Can you confidently say as we finish that you struggle with either one of the sinful natures mentioned in Galatians 5? Or even more. Maybe your list is not even there. Do you need any of the benefits of a disciplined life as mentioned also in Galatians 5? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Do you need any of those? If you can point that I am struggling with self-control, maybe it's because there is a discipline that you need in your life. Can you identify a sinful nature that you have? God is calling us to a place of discipline ourselves.
Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.